Alzheimer's disease and other dementias gradually diminish a person's ability to communicate. Communication with a person with Alzheimer's requires patience, understanding and good listening skills. Strategies can help both you and the person with dementia understand each other better. Changes in Communication Communication in the Early Stage Communication in the Middle Stage Communication in the Late Stage Changes in the ability to communicate can vary, and are based on the person and where he or she is in the disease process. Problems you can expect to see throughout the progression of the disease include Difficulty finding the right words Using familiar words repeatedly Describing familiar objects rather than calling them by name Easily losing a train of thought Difficulty organizing words logically Reverting to speaking a native language Speaking less often Relying on gestures more than speaking Communication in the early stage In the early stage of Alzheimer's disease, sometimes referred to as mild Alzheimer's in a medical context, an individual is still able to participate in meaningful conversation and engage in social activities. However, he or she may repeat stories, feel overwhelmed by excessive stimulation or have difficulty finding the right word. Tips for successful communication don't make assumptions about a person's ability to communicate because of an Alzheimer's diagnosis. The disease affects each person differently. Don't exclude the person with the disease from conversations. Speak directly to the person rather than to his or her caregiver or companion. Take time to listen to the person express his or her thoughts, feelings and needs. Give the person time to respond. Don't interrupt unless help is requested. Ask what the person is still comfortable doing and what he or she may need help with. Discuss which method of communication is most comfortable. This could include face-to-face -face conversation, email or phone calls. It's okay to laugh. Sometimes humor lightens the mood and makes communication easier. Don't pull away, your honesty, friendship and support are important to the person. Communication in the middle stage. The middle stage of Alzheimer's, sometimes referred to as moderate Alzheimer's, is typically the longest and can last for many years. As the disease progresses, the person will have greater difficulty communicating and will require more direct care. Tips for successful communication Engage the person in one-on-one -on -one conversation in a quiet space that has minimal distractions. Speak slowly and clearly. Maintain eye contact. It shows you care about what he or she is saying. Give the person plenty of time to respond so he or she can think about what to say. Be patient and offer reassurance. It may encourage the person to explain his or her thoughts. Ask one question at a time. Ask yes or no questions. For example, would you like some coffee rather than what would you like to drink? Avoid criticizing or correcting. Instead. Listen and try to find the meaning in what the person says. Repeat what was said to clarify. Avoid arguing. If the person says something you don't agree with, let it be. Offer clear, step-by-step -step instructions for tasks. Lengthy requests may be overwhelming. Give visual cues. Demonstrate a task to encourage participation. 
Written notes can be helpful when spoken words seem confusing. Communication in the late stage. The late stage of Alzheimer's disease, sometimes referred to as severe Alzheimer's, may last from several weeks to several years. As the disease advances, the person with Alzheimer's may rely on nonverbal communication, such as facial expressions or vocal sounds. Around the clock care is usually required in this stage. Tips for successful communication Approach the person from the front and identify yourself. Encourage nonverbal communication. If you don't understand what the person is trying to say, ask him or her to point or gesture. Use touch, sights, sounds, smells and tastes as a form of communication with the person. Consider the feelings behind words or sounds. Sometimes the emotions being expressed are more important than what's being said. Treat the person with dignity and respect. Avoid talking down to the person or as if he or she isn't there. It's okay if you don't know what to say. Your presence and friendship are most important. Caring for loved on in the end stage of vascular dementia, research have shown that when you walk into the room, a need to start talking as soon as visual contact with you. You can see in your loved one eyes and facial expression that loved one truly doesn't recognize you. The loved one does however know your voice. You, yourself, may also run into the possibility that those living with dementia no longer recognize their reflections in mirrors or even photographs. Example Every time my mother sees a current picture of herself, she believes it is her mum. I consider this to be a combination of what is known as time traveling and prosopognosia. A form of facial blindness, similar to prosopognosia, is also known as facial agnosia. This is not necessarily caused by cognitive loss of the dementia-related disease, but more by the damage that the disease has caused to the brain. On the lighter side of this matter, that is if you can actually find one, is that it's possible that your loved one with dementia may not have essentially forgotten you. He or she just may not be recognizing you at that exact moment. Part of the training research put in place for healthcare professionals, whether it is in a hospital or a nursing care community setting, is advising all staff members to introduce and reintroduce themselves every time they enter the patient's rooms. This will help you. Please be vocal and use visual clues. If you're wearing a name badge, show it to patients as you're telling them your name. Optical suggestions are something we need to train ourselves to constantly use. For family caregivers, being vocal is always going to be positive, for your voice is familiar. If you plan to visit with loved ones who have dementia, even in their own homes, please don't start out your introduction as a question. If you do, there is a very good chance that you will only raise anxiety and levels of confusion right off the bat. We need to learn to approach each dementia patient without multiple questions and needs for decisions. Instead, try to begin with a simple, uncomplicated introduction. Yes, even if you're the spouse of 50 years, your first words should be hi, my name is Ellen. I'm your wife. Don't be abashed by this. The worst thing you can do is say, hi, do you remember me? Questions can truly make matters worst. Again, forcing patients to struggle for answers at the inception will get you absolutely nowhere. If you must ask important questions, slowly work your way into them.
let their upper gears start turning first. If approached correctly, you may even get the correct answer. If this is about an important medical or financial matter, however, these answers need verification from a family member or each patient's advocate. To summarize, remember that important piece of general advice in introductory etiquette for dementia-related patients, before you introduce yourself, make sure they have visual contact with you. Don't walk up behind them and startle them. When in eye contact, let him or her hear your voice. Ultimately, most of these suggestions refer to those patients who are in the moderate to latter stages of dementia. But even those in the earlier stages may be more confused in the later part of the day when they may be experiencing sundowners, sundown syndrome, or are just worn out from a full day of living with cognitive disability. The most important factor in any setting is to make sure they receive the respect that they truly deserve. You may be fortunate enough to have an exceptional conversation and have mutually satisfying experiences with those living with dementia just by starting out correctly. You know what they say about first impressions. Research of emotion recognition have most often used photographs of emotional facial expressions and asked participants to identify the emotion expressed. These studies usually test recognition of a core set of basic emotions, typically consisting of a group of negative emotions, anger, disgust, fear, sadness, and a single positive emotion, happiness. This approach has the advantage of being relatively easy to administer however, it has several serious limitations in terms of ecological validity. Second, judgments about emotion in the real world make use of multiple modes of information visual, auditory, involving multiple bodily regions face, posture, position photographs used to assess emotion recognition only provide visual information and have typically been limited to the face. Third, real-world emotion is typically embedded in richly interpersonal social contexts this contextual information is typically absent in photographs. Recognition in neurodegenerative disorders The assessment of emotion is of great interest in a range of psychiatric and neurological disorders as well as in normal individuals. Our focus in the present study is to provide a preliminary evaluation of a new test of emotion recognition in a sample of dementia patients. Deficits in emotion recognition have been reported in diverse neurodegenerative conditions. One example is by FTD a subtype of frontotemporal dementia that leads to dramatic changes in emotional and interpersonal functioning. Although frontotemporal dementia has lower prevalence overall than Alzheimer's disease, AD, the two types of dementia have similar prevalence in early-onset dementias that occur before the age of 65. As FTD frontotemporal dementia progresses, symptoms emerge that disrupt the person's ability to relate to others. These disruptions likely result in large part from patients with BIFDD showing deficits both in generating emotions and in recognizing emotions in others. In a recently proposed update to the diagnostic criteria for FTD, note that loss of empathy is a core feature of the disease. In contrast, the core features of AD are typically seen to involve deficits in cognitive function, memory, visuospatial processing, and executive functioning. Although deficits in emotional processing and interpersonal functioning in a DR certainly seen these functions are often spared early in the course of disease. 
differences in the impact of these two diseases on emotion recognition would not be surprising, given that they target different large-scale neural networks. Among studies of FDD frontotemporal dementia, there is general consensus that emotion recognition is impaired however, there are inconsistencies with respect to which types of emotion, positive or negative, and which specific emotions, are most impacted. For example, among negative emotions, some studies find diffuse impairment in the recognition of fear, anger, sadness, and disgust while others find selective preservation in recognition of one or more of these emotions. The research is similarly mixed for recognition of surprise, with some findings of impairment. In terms of positive emotions, most studies have found that patients with FDD show no deficit in recognizing happiness. In one of the few studies using dynamic stimuli, film clips, patients with FDD had deficits in the recognition of fear and sadness but were unimpaired in the recognition of happiness. For AD, studies of emotion recognition deficits have also yielded mixed results, with evidence of both impaired, and intact recognition overall. Several studies have found that disease severity or stimuli difficulty may account for differences between patients with AD and control participants. When considering specific emotions, the findings are also inconsistent. While some report deficits in recognizing disgust, anger, sadness, fear, and happiness, others report intact recognition for select emotions, such as disgust, anger, surprise and happiness. It is important to consider the stage of the disease when comparing patients with different neurodegenerative disorders. Over time and in the severe stages, neurodegenerative disorders tend to converge and look more similar. The current study includes patients in the relatively early stages of frontotemporal dementia FDD and AD. Research examined emotion recognition in patients with frontotemporal dementia FDD and AD and in normal controls. Researchers provided a preliminary test of a new assessment task that we designed that increases ecological validity and expands the scope of emotion recognition to include multiple positive and self-conscious emotions in addition to multiple negative emotions. In this task, participants were asked to identify the emotion experienced by target characters in brief 30s film clips. These stimuli were dynamic, multimodal, visual and auditory information, and the emotions occurred in socially embedded contexts. The set of 11 clips depicted four negative emotions, anger, fear, disgust, and sadness, four positive emotions, affection, amusement, calm, and enthusiasm, and three self-conscious emotions, embarrassment, pride, and shame. Based on previous research and researchers hypothesized patients with FDD would show impairment in ability to recognize negative emotions. Our inclusion of self-conscious emotions and a full range of positive emotions enabled us to test the hypothesis that this impairment would extend to these other types of emotions as well. Given the generally intact social behavior often reported for patients in the early stages of AD, we did not expect similarly profound deficits in emotion recognition for patients with Alzheimer's disease. Communication is a critical component of our life it enables us to express who we are and allows us to relate to one another. When we communicate, we convey messages or exchange information to share needs.
opinions, ideas, beliefs, feelings, emotions, experiences and values. Communication is more than talking and listening. It involves understanding and interpreting. Information is conveyed in many ways. Verbal, words we use. Nonverbal, body language, facial expression, posture and gesture. Paraverbal, tone, pacing and volume of our voice. When a person has changing abilities as a result of dementia, communication is affected and this can cause misunderstanding and mutual frustration. Although each individual is unique, dementia has a profound effect on the language abilities of people living with the disease and therefore affects the way they communicate. This language degeneration is known as aphasia. Individuals with aphasia experience difficulty expressing themselves, finding the right words, understanding the words heard, reading and writing. As the disease progresses, communication can become increasingly challenging. Recognizing those changes will help the person with the disease, their family and friends find ways to communicate more effectively. A person-centered philosophy views people with dementia first and foremost as individuals, with unique attributes, personal values and history. A successful person-centered approach to communication is based on learning about dementia, its progression, and how it affects individuals. Believing that communication is possible. Focusing on the abilities and skills. Reassuring the individual with dementia and being positive. Meeting people with dementia where they are and accepting their reality. The quality of life for people with dementia is largely dependent on their connection with others. Maintaining a relationship can be a complex and challenging process, especially when verbal communication is lost. People with dementia lose particular communication abilities during the early, middle, and late stages of the disease. As the illness progresses, they will experience a gradual deterioration of their ability to communicate, to express themselves clearly and to understand what others say. However, communication does remain possible at every stage of the disease. Dementia creates distinct challenges in regards to how people express themselves and understand what is being communicated to them. The following changes are common among people with dementia. Difficulty finding a word. Creating new words for ones that are forgotten. Repeating a word or phrase, perseveration. Difficulty organizing words into logical sentences. Cursing or using other offensive language. Reverting to the language that was first learned. Talking less than usual. Communication challenges that may occur during each stage of Alzheimer's disease. At the early stage, the person often cannot find the right words particularly the names of objects. They may substitute an incorrect word, or they may not find any word at all. At this stage, the person may have difficulty understanding humor, jokes and fast talk. Have difficulty following multiple step instructions. Require increased concentration to follow conversations. Have trouble staying on topic. Need more time to respond to questions. Experience increased frustration. Have trouble finding the right word. Lose their train of thought more often. At the middle stage, more and more words are becoming lost and the person needs to think longer before expressing their thought.
the person loses spontaneity. Their vocabulary is more and more limited and sometimes they repeat the same word over and over again. At this stage, the person may have trouble understanding everyday conversation. Often ask the speaker to repeat simple sentences. Find it difficult to follow long conversations. Have difficulty understanding reading materials. Repeat the same word or information over and over. Perseveration. Not be able to interpret facial expressions, like a wink or the nod of the head. Have trouble explaining or understanding abstract concepts, I feel blue. Experience decreased speech and ability to raise or lower voice. Have difficulty finishing sentences. Lose interest in talking. Speak in vague and rambling sentences. At the late stage, individuals appear to lose the capacity for recognizable speech although words or phrases may occasionally be uttered. Non-verbal communication will become increasingly important as, at this stage, the person may be unable to understand the meaning of most words, lose their capacity for recognizable speech, although words or phrases may occasionally be uttered. Language often does not make sense to others. Become totally mute in some cases. At the early stage of the disease, you should use communication to your advantage. It is very important for you to communicate while you find it relatively easy to do so. This is a good time to start talking about your wishes and making them known. It is critical to be very open with your caregiver, your family members, your friends, and also health professionals, learning about the disease and being open about it. Learn as much as you can about dementia, its irreversible and fatal consequences as well as its effects on your expression and communication. Inform your family and friends about these. You can tell them how you want to be involved in decision making. Be open with your family and friends about your diagnosis and share your feelings and experiences as much as you are able. Let family and friends know that you may need more time to express yourself and if you are tired or have difficulty communicating, encourage them to speak with you when you are more rested. Thinking about nonverbal communication. Think about using notes for reminders. Use visual aids or nonverbal cues, draw or point at pictures, use your eyes, gestures and body language to enhance communication. Use hand signals and body language to communicate. Laughter is a good way to communicate to others that you are at ease and it will make them more open to what you are sharing. Maintaining relationships We all need our friends and relatives to support us. Many of these people will empathize with your situation. Remaining loving, positive and dedicated will help you feel safe, secure and valued. They are here to support you, so do not hesitate to open up to them and ask them for help or assistance when you need it. And if friends or relatives don't phone or visit you, call them. Enhancing Communication An inspirational guide for people like us with early stage memory loss. Murray Alzheimer Research and Education Program, University of Waterloo Instead of trying to bring people back to reality, Caregivers are advised to empathize and establish an emotional connection. Alzheimer's disease is usually depicted as mainly a disease that affects memory and thinking, partly because memory lapses are so noticeable during the beginning of the disease. People in the early stages of the disease start to lose things, forget once familiar faces, 
and struggle to recall recent events. Other cognitive problems soon develop, including a shortened attention span, difficulties with language, and an inability to think logically. In the later stages, people may completely lose the ability to speak. Eventually, much of what we consider conscious thought disappears. Brain scans and other studies have found that it does have a physiological basis. Some Alzheimer's disease experts dislike the analogy, fearing that it will lead to loss of dignity, and treatment that is inappropriate for adults. On the other hand, Alzheimer's disease patients seem to enjoy simple childlike activities like playing with a ball or modeling clay. Moreover, the advice to show empathy and boost self-esteem echoes the advice given to parents and caregivers of young children. An emphasis on the emotional life of sufferers is a major theme in the growing number of books directed at caregivers. These advice books still have practical tips on everything from financial planning to meal presentation, use bowls instead of plates, to clothing, no zippers or buttons. But they also have pointers on improving the interpersonal dynamics between caregivers and people with the disease. Cost, for example, refers often to the need for protecting and bolstering self-esteem. Frequently that means being non-judgmental and devising ways to accommodate cognitive deficits without drawing attention to them. People with the disease seem to have strong emotional memories, even from recent events, long after they've lost the ability to form less emotionally charged ones. As a consequence, caregivers are urged to show affection and connect at an emotional level even if the person can't remember who you are. Support for this approach comes mainly from anecdotes, personal experience, and the memoirs of Alzheimer's patients in the early stages of the disease, they're usually written with the help of a caregiver. Although behavioral interventions have been tested in clinical trials, there is not much in the way of rigorous scientific evidence to go on. Researchers and other authors and advocates are persuasive when they argue that successful navigation of the emotional needs of Alzheimer's patients is essential to effective, humane care. Here is some of the advice they give. Enter their world. People with Alzheimer's disease sometimes have delusions challenging these delusions may only make them feel threatened and insecure. Instead, you should acknowledge the underlying emotion and perhaps redirect their thinking. Say a patient falsely accuses someone of stealing a wallet or pocketbook. Paul Ryer, Director of Patient Care and Family Support for the Massachusetts Chapter of the Alzheimer's Association, says you might respond by saying you must feel terrible that your pocketbook is missing. Let's go look for it. If she talks about her dead mother as if she was still alive, rather than disabuse her, you might say, your mother sounds like a lovely person. Tell me about her. Sometimes entering this world means just playing along. A researcher tells a wonderful story about her husband, who developed Alzheimer's at a relatively young age, feverishly scrubbing the Teflon off a frying pan. Instead of scolding him for ruining it, she congratulated him on the fine cleaning job. Protect their self-esteem. Caregivers are often told to break down and simplify tasks for Alzheimer's sufferers. But if you do too much for the person, you may cause anger and frustration by making him feel more helpless and disabled than he really is. You have to consider safety, too you can't let him drive just because he wants to. 
striking the right balance helping and protecting without seeming to condescend or belittle is difficult, especially as the abilities of the person change from day to day while slowly declining. But emotional aspects of the disease may be just as important, especially to the friends and family who serve as caregivers. On the negative side, Alzheimer's sufferers may have feelings of anger, anxiety, depression, fear, and loneliness. On the positive side, they may feel serene and joyful, and are especially capable of living in the moment. Joanne Koenig Kost, an influential Alzheimer's disease activist, believes that wandering, aggression, and other behavioral changes seen in people with Alzheimer's disease are the direct consequence of feelings that arise because of their cognitive difficulties. Sometimes, as the disease progresses and communication skills deteriorate, getting out and meeting people or even having visitors can be problematic. Try not to feel intimidated or embarrassed if you cannot find the right word. Take time to relax and think about what you want to say. One-on-one -on -one discussions are usually easier than keeping track of conversations in large groups. When in social situations, ask people to slow down, use short sentences or to repeat what they have said. It can also be very useful to tell people how you would like to be helped. Some people with dementia say they like to have time to find the word or answer they are looking for, while others appreciate if someone fills in the words for them. Try not to isolate yourself. Contact your local Alzheimer Society for support, information and strategies to remain active. You may also want to join a support group to talk with people who can understand and relate to what you are going through. This will allow you to share your feelings, your challenges and coping strategies with others. Communicating with your doctor Try to book extended appointments with your doctor, when possible so you don't feel rushed. This gives you both enough time to express yourself and talk about your challenges so your doctor can respond. You can prepare for your doctor's visit by writing down symptoms and any questions you may want to ask and you may want to focus particularly on the things that have changed since your last doctor's visit. To feel at ease, you may want to ask a friend or family member to accompany you to help communicate and clarify information. Be honest and open with your doctor about everything that has changed. Be as specific as possible. Ask them to explain things to you in a way you can understand and to write down every instruction for you, no matter how small it is. Ask any questions you want answered. Ask them to talk to you directly. If you're unhappy with the way they treat you, let them know how you feel. Finally, when it comes to your health and your feelings, you are the expert. Planning ahead, being informed about the disease and knowing what lies ahead can help you feel more prepared. As the disease progresses, you will not always be able to communicate your thoughts and wishes. Be sure that someone trustworthy has the legal authority to make financial and healthcare decisions for you when the time comes. Talking about this with trusted friends and Family members when you are still able to do so can give you a sense of control over your future and put your family more at ease. Advice from lawyers or financial consultants can also be helpful. You can tell them how you want to be involved in decision making. Take a leadership role. Someone has to start making decisions and assuming responsibility for the person with Alzheimer's disease. Especially if that person is your parent, this change may involve an uncomfortable 
volatile reversal of power. It's yet another difficult balancing act, you must take charge while minimizing people's disabilities and maximizing their strengths. Don't make them wait. A shortened attention span can make waiting even a few minutes trying for people with Alzheimer's. They become impatient, agitated, even aggressive. Sometimes their problems with bathing, grooming, or eating are the result of waiting for a caregiver to get organized, not the activity itself. Avoid overstimulation. With the best of intentions, caregivers often want to include loved ones in family gatherings, especially during the holidays. But many people with Alzheimer's disease are sensitive to sound, especially several sounds at once. A raucous family event can be overwhelming. You might consider a smaller gathering with just one or two people instead. Other strategies include limiting visits to a couple of hours and setting aside time for a nap. Turning off the television and lowering the volume of music while people are talking and eating is another kindness. Keep the person physically active. People with early disease have said that vigorous exercise seems to sharpen their thinking and settle them down emotionally. Moreover, Alzheimer's disease and depression often go hand in hand, and numerous studies have shown that exercise is good for depression. In a study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, University of Washington researchers showed that exercise, combined with lessons in behavior management for caregivers, improved physical health and relieved depression in Alzheimer's sufferers. Sing a tune. People with Alzheimer's disease usually remain able to enjoy music even in the later stages of the disease. Studies show that if you sing to them, they respond especially well, becoming more communicative, less aggressive, and less likely to scream. Researchers at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden found that both caregiver singing and background music had positive effects on late-stage patients. They sat up straighter, their movements became stronger and more regular, and their awareness improved. Singing by caregivers was especially effective in drawing them out. Tips for talking to someone with Alzheimer's disease. Communication is hard for people with Alzheimer's disease because they have trouble remembering things. They may struggle to find words or forget what they want to say. You may feel impatient and wish they could just say what they want, but they can't. The person with Alzheimer's may have problems with finding the right word or losing his or her train of thought when speaking. Understanding what words mean. Paying attention during long conversations. Remembering the steps in common activities, such as cooking a meal, paying bills, or getting dressed. Blocking out background noises from the radio, TV, or conversations. Frustration if communication isn't working. Being very sensitive to touch and to the tone and loudness of voices. Also, Alzheimer's disease causes some people to get confused about language. For example, the person might forget or no longer understand English if it was learned as a second language. Instead, he or she might understand and use only the first language learned, such as Spanish. Help make communication easier. The first step is to understand that the disease causes changes in communication skills. The second step is to try some tips that may make communication easier. Make eye contact and call the person by name. Be aware of your tone, how loud your voice is, 
how you look at the person, and your body language. Encourage a two-way conversation for as long as possible. Use other methods besides speaking, such as gentle touching. Try distracting the person if communication creates problems. To encourage the person to communicate with you. Show a warm, loving, matter-of-fact manner. Hold the person's hand while you talk. Be open to the person's concerns, even if he or she is hard to understand. Let him or her make some decisions and stay involved. Be patient with angry outbursts. Remember, it's the illness talking. To speak effectively with a person who has Alzheimer's. Offer simple, step-by-step -step instructions. Repeat instructions and allow more time for a response. Try not to interrupt. Don't talk about the person as if he or she isn't there. Don't talk to the person using baby talk or a baby voice. Be direct, specific, and positive. Here are some examples of what you can say. Let's try this way, instead of pointing out mistakes. Please do this, instead of don't do this. Thanks for helping, even if the results aren't perfect. You also can ask questions that require a yes or no answer. For example, you could say, are you tired instead of how do you feel? Limit the number of choices. For example, you could say, would you like a hamburger or chicken for dinner instead of what would you like for dinner? Use different words if he or she doesn't understand the first time. For example, if you ask the person whether he or she is hungry and you don't get a response, you could say, dinner is ready now. Let's eat. Try not to say, don't you remember or I told you. If you become frustrated, take a time out for yourself. Helping a person who is aware of memory loss. Alzheimer's disease is being diagnosed at earlier stages. This means that many people are aware of how the disease is affecting their memory. Here are tips on how to help someone who knows that he or she has memory problems. Take time to listen. The person may want to talk about the changes he or she is noticing. Be as sensitive as you can. Don't just correct the person every time he or she forgets something or says something odd. Try to understand that it's a struggle for the person to communicate. Be patient when someone with Alzheimer's disease has trouble finding the right words or putting feelings into words. Help the person find words to express thoughts and feelings. But be careful not to put words in the person's mouth or fill in the blanks too quickly. Be aware of nonverbal communication. As people lose the ability to talk clearly, they may rely on other ways to communicate their thoughts and feelings. For example, their facial expressions may show sadness, anger, or frustration. Grasping at their undergarments may tell you they need to use the bathroom. Don't shout. Hearing is not the problem. Speak in a calm, even, and warm tone of voice. Don't carry on a conversation with someone else as if the person wasn't there. It's understandable that this happens when communication seems impossible, but people with experience in caring for Alzheimer's patients say that patients notice and resent the fact that they are being treated as if they didn't exist. One complaint of people at the early stages of the disease is that doctors talk to family members rather than to them, even when they are present. Use common, simple words. But avoid too many pronouns.
the person may get confused about who he, she, and we are referring to. Use leading statements rather than open-ended questions. Would you like a cup of coffee is better than what would you like to drink but a simple, inviting statement like let's have a cup of coffee is even better. Make eye contact, touch the person, be conscious of your body language. Nonverbal cues become increasingly important as the disease erodes language-oriented thought. Because these cues are so important, talking on the telephone is often a poor substitute for being there in person. Say things that express positive emotions explicitly. In talking to Alzheimer's, Claudia J. Strauss suggests some lovely things you might say as you're leaving after a visit. I enjoyed this so much, I always feel good after talking to you, and seeing you is the best part of my day. All of these statements send a strong emotional message. Make the most out of the last word. According to Alzheimer's disease expert Joanne koenig Cost, sufferers will often latch onto the last word in a statement, probably because it's the easiest one to remember. If you ask, would you like to wear the green or the blue shirt only the word shirt may stick in the person's mind, and you won't get an answer. But Cost says care partners, a term she prefers to caregivers, can turn this tendency to their advantage. Ask would you like to wear this green shirt today or the one that's blue and the person will say blue. She feels as though she has decided for herself rather than being told what to wear, but the choice has been made so easy that she feels little anxiety about it. As dementia progresses, communication can become more and more challenging. You may find that individuals with dementia have good days and bad days, this can depend on the quality of their sleep, stress level and other medical conditions. Respectful, sensitive, ongoing communication remains critical, no matter what stage of dementia the person is at and how confused they may appear. Elements for successful person-centered communication throughout the disease. Learning as a caregiver. Try to learn as much as you can about the disease to provide the best possible care and support. Learning about the disease, its progression and how it affects a person will help you be prepared and have realistic expectations of the person's abilities to communicate throughout the various stages of the disease. As the disease progresses and abilities are lost, you can learn to interpret the person's messages by paying attention to both verbal and nonverbal cues. This means putting together the various cues to help you interpret what the person is trying to tell you about how they think and feel. Believing communication is still possible and there is always a meaning. Every person, regardless of abilities, maintains a core of self that can be reached. Communication remains possible at all stages of dementia. What a person says or does and how a person behaves has meaning however. The disease affects their ability to communicate with us in a way that we can always understand. Never lose sight of the person. No matter how the disease affects the individual, it is important to treat them with dignity and respect. Example, Nancy is driving her mother to a family celebration. The car radio is on, playing country music. Suddenly, Nancy mother starts banging her fist on the dashboard and speaking in an agitated voice. Nancy does not understand what her mother is saying, as her speech is garbled and does not make sense. Nancy takes a moment to try to figure out what her mother is trying to tell her. Why is she suddenly so upset Nancy remembers that her mother has always disliked country music. 
Nancy reaches over, changes the channel to music her mother has always enjoyed and says, that's better. I don't like country music either. Her mother sits back and seems to relax, no longer banging her fists or calling out. Nancy rests her hand on her mother's knee and pats her reassuringly as she smiles. Communication skills are not learned overnight and require patience and practice. If you find it difficult to understand the person, call upon their past experience and what you know about them. Although dementia affects certain abilities, the person's emotions and feelings will remain, as will the need for companionship, purpose and belonging. Focusing on a person's abilities and skills will go a long way in adding to their quality of life and will help the person maintain a sense of self. If the person's speech has become hard to understand, use what you know about them and what you feel they might be trying to say to help you interpret. Consider helping the person with dementia to find alternate ways of expression through art, music or gardening to maintain and enhance communication. Reassuring and being positive as a caregiver. It is important to encourage the person in their attempts to express themselves when they have trouble communicating. Instead of criticizing and correcting, ignore failures and remember to be supportive, positive and encouraging. New activities can be stimulating yet confusing for a person with dementia, so use familiar things to create a sense of comfort and reassurance. Laughter and humor are positive ways to help you get through difficult times meeting the person where they are and accepting their new reality. With the progression of the disease, a person's perception of reality can become confused. However it is their reality. Try to accept their reality and meet them where they are. Avoid contradicting them or convincing them that what they believe is untrue or inaccurate. Trying to bring them to your reality or disagreeing with them will cause frustration and make things worse. If they say something you know isn't true, try to find creative ways around the situation rather than reacting negatively. Remember to connect not to correct. Consider the following when communicating with a person at the middle stage of dementia. The middle stage brings a greater decline in the person's cognitive and functional abilities. Not only will they be unable to find the words of objects, they may even forget the names of friends and family. This can be very distressing for the person. However it is a predictable aspect of memory loss associated with dementia. At this stage, the person with dementia may be trying to interpret a world that no longer makes sense to them because their brain is interpreting information incorrectly. Sometimes the person with dementia and those around them will misinterpret each other's attempts at communication. These misunderstandings can be upsetting and frustrating for the person with dementia and caregivers. However, there are ways to help make sure that you understand each other. Nonverbal communication will become increasingly important. Watch for behavior changes, body language and nonverbal signs that may be used to express a feeling or indicate physical discomfort, in which case you may wish to contact the person's family doctor. Consider communicating primarily through the senses from the late stage of the disease to end of life. The person will lose their capacity for recognizable speech, although words or phrases may occasionally be uttered. However, even if the person can no longer communicate verbally or recognize you, they likely will still be able to communicate in other ways and feel your affection and reassurance. At this stage, nonverbal communication.
will become increasingly important. People in this stage experience the world primarily through their senses, so use the senses to maintain a connection. Touch, hold the person's hand. Give a gentle massage to the hands, legs or feet. Smell, the person may enjoy the smell of a favorite perfume, flower or food, which may bring back happy memories. Vision, videos can be relaxing, especially ones with scenes of nature and soft, calming sounds. Hearing, reading to the person can be comforting, even if they may not understand the words. The tone and rhythm of your voice may be soothing. What you say is not as important as how you say it. Speak gently and with affection. Your tone can help the person feel safe and relaxed. Read a favorite story or poem. Music is a universal language that promotes well-being for most of us. Sing together, play music, especially the type of music the person has enjoyed throughout their life. Consider spending time outdoors. It makes us all feel better. As the disease progresses, delusions namely paranoid beliefs or false accusations may occur. It is common for people with dementia to believe that their food is poisoned or that their belongings have been stolen. Others may believe that someone is spying on them or trying to hurt them. And some may even accuse their partner of having an affair. These suspicions or accusations may be due to the person's failing memory or difficulty understanding what is happening around them. Although these accusations can be hurtful, remember that they are a result of the disease. It is important not to argue with a person with dementia or try to convince them that their perception of reality is not correct. It doesn't matter who is right. What is important is that the person's feelings are respected and understood. Living with dementia at any stage can be very challenging. Whether you are the person with the disease or someone who supports them, it is normal to feel a variety of emotions throughout all stages of the disease. It is important to acknowledge your feelings, care for yourself and seek the practical help and emotional support that you need. The Alzheimer's Society in your community can provide educational resources to help you learn more about the disease, referrals to help you access the practical support you need, and one-on-one -on -one and group support to help cope with the emotional impact of the disease. At Zekel Healthcare we are learning more every day about dementia and how to best provide support to the person with the disease. Much of what we understand comes from people with the disease or caregivers who find solutions to their challenges and share them with others.